This is the third time that Jesus has appeared to his disciples. Unlike the time before that we heard about uh, last week, remember the disciples were locked in a room with the doors barred, the windows closed, because they were afraid for their lives. Well, Jesus appears to them, but then it's interesting to me because uh, by this point, by this third appearance, they seem to have just gone back to whatever they were doing before Jesus even came into their lives. They're by the Sea of Tiberias or the Sea of Galilee, and they're fishing and not having much luck at it either. So I wonder, even though they've seen the risen Lord, what was going through their minds? Because clearly, they were not quite yet compelled to go out into the world proclaiming him. Or maybe they just were low on cash and needed to make a little money, and so they went out fishing like they knew how to do. But at any rate, they're out there on the Sea of Galilee and having very little luck all night long. And so Jesus appears to them on the side of the shore. And again, this third time, he's not immediately recognized. But he tells them to lower the nets, and of course they pull up more fish than they knew what to do with. And Peter is so excited because he realizes after John says, it is the Lord. He realizes who it is, and he's so excited that he jumps right in the, in the sea and swims ashore while the others navigate the boat back. And so Jesus is there on the side of the shore with a charcoal fire, some bread, and a fish. Now, he breaks the bread and shares some of this fish breakfast with them. A few years ago, around uh, April Fool's Day, a story went out, uh, I think it was the Episcopal Church trying to be funny, that the Standing Committee on uh, Liturgy and Music were now authorizing the use of fish at communion because in the uh, appearance after the resurrection, Jesus handed fish out as well as bread. And of course, people lost their minds, and for about two seconds, I fell for it, and then I realized, no, this is actually a joke. But he he shares this meal with them. And remember the story of uh, the road to Emmaus, where he breaks bread, and the disciples who didn't recognize him up to that point suddenly saw him. And today, in our opening collect, we prayed that we might recognize the Lord in the breaking of bread and in all his redeeming works. So what that means to me is that, uh, you know, I, I grew up in the, in the Baptist and Pentecostal traditions, and of course we had communion, not nearly as frequently as we do in the Episcopal Church, um, but it was sort of like a little, uh, little square piece of cracker almost in one of those little plastic, uh, like, for lack of a better term, shot glasses that get passed around and you have a little receptacle in the back of your pew. And, and so everybody takes their own and, and receives it. And it's very much in that tradition a symbol of something. Jesus said to do it, so we do it, but it's a symbol. It's not anything else. It's just bread. It's just wine. Well, in our tradition, we believe that Jesus is truly present with us 
in the bread and the wine of the Holy Eucharist. And so when we come to God's altar to receive the gift of his son, we consume, we assume into ourselves the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope that each time we do, that we recognize him in that humble species of bread and wine. Because when we realize and recognize his presence with us sacramentally in the Eucharist, it fundamentally changes and reorients our worldview and the way we treat one another, the way we go about problem solving, um, the way we think about other people. Because we remember the words of our Lord that the greatest among you must be servant of all. The last shall be first. And the many stories of his life and ministry wherein he subverted the world's, uh, the, the order of things, the way the world saw things. He turned it upside down. He showed us a vision of what God's kingdom will look like and charged us with doing what we can through his grace and power on earth to make that a reality. And so we recognize Jesus in the breaking of the bread, but also, as we prayed in the collect, and all of his redeeming works, because we know faith without works is nothing. And so think about, <coughs> excuse me, think about <clears throat> the many things that we do just here at St. Mary's in order to reach out into the world and make life a little bit better, to give people a hand up. Um, for example, uh, one of the things I'm very proud of us, uh, we're very proud of, is that we have helped and are continuing to help uh, a young woman who came to this country uh, early in her life and is now working really hard uh, to make uh, a success of things, uh, going to college, uh, working a job on the side, and. So it's not an re- overtly religious thing that we're doing for her and with her, but it's a re- redeeming act of grace. And so we, we see Jesus at work in that, don't we? We can see his hand, and we can hear his voice as he guides us and helps us to decide how we're going to move forward, how we're, who we're going to help next. And, you know, sadly, we can't help everybody. Um, As Jesus also said, the poor will always be with you. But what we can do is what we can do. We can reach out with our love and our resources and our time and be a part of God's redeeming work in this world. So let us pray on this third Sunday of Easter that we always recognize our Lord in the breaking of the bread and that recognition of him in the breaking of the bread, and in the redeeming acts of love will bolster us and encourage us and strengthen us to do his will now and always. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.